0: We want you to become an honorary Gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there become an honorary goslings at patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today today is october 3rd 2021 jonathan and i interview john anderson a Christian author and poet. We talk about his book, The Price of Salvation. We talk about masculine Christianity and what it means to be a masculine Christian man today compared to the rugged stereotype of the Old West. John Anderson is dedicated to the return of the Western and spreading the good news through his creative works. He's an author and a poet, and we think you guys are really going to love this episode. And without further ado, let's jump into our interview with author and poet John Anderson. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, John Anderson. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Doing great, man. How you doing,
1: bud? pretty good that was a that was an awesome intro and a very like did not even just you guys just the whole intro thing it was great
0: thanks <laughs> i appreciate it
1: yeah had to, well- i
0: had to redo it my whole system crashed yeah i had to wipe the hard drive i had to do everything like within two days to get everything ready for this and so we had to re-record everything and yeah, I'm glad it worked out well. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, if, by, uh, never,
1: if you would have said anything, I would have never known. It was it was awesome.
2: That's uh <laughs> well, that's a credit to Nick's industriousness. Like Nick is kind of the um, the engineer and producer and uh, He's sort of the um, the workhorse of this entire operation at this point. Because, like, I came up with the idea to do this. And we were just like, if you go back and look at the early episodes, it's us filming on, like, what I call potato cam <laughs> of my, my laptop's little camera. You know, the yeah. little, you know, inboard uh, laptop, you know, flip-up camera. And yeah. it, you know, and, like, extremely humble beginnings. And I was good with that. And then Nick has developed it into this what it is you know this beast yeah yeah this this (laughs) thing that looks far cooler and is far more professional than anything i ever had you know in mind so um, i'm just including the intro
0: i'm just the driver he's the guy in the back seat with all the ideas
2: i well, i'm like the nick nolte on the movie set you know who just shows up and is like you know don't listen don't like you know don't say anything you're not supposed to say don't pick any (laughs) fights with anybody And they're like, I know he's, you know, he's kind of
0: tough, but you we know. need the We need the personality. Jonathan gives the show like gusto and guts, which is why you're very important John. Yeah. <laughs> why, <laughs> why we need you. So uh,
2: we're so obviously I'm fascinated with the with the subject of uh, Christian masculinity. And, you know, it's it's so funny because my brain has a hard time even processing the phrase Christian masculinity without it being subverted by the phrase we always hear which is toxic masculinity. Mm. So, you know, and that's such a, you know, a a left leftist sort of buzzword today. Mm -hmm. Mm And, you know, in, in culture, um, I would like to get your comparison of those in a minute, but, uh, before we do, John, do you just want to give like a brief intro as to, um, maybe where you're from, why you, you know, what compels you to write your book, uh, and what compels you to do what you do?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'll go in that exact order. I am from, uh, well, Las Cruces, New Mexico is where I currently live. Uh, but I was actually born in a Silver City, New Mexico, and uh, raised for a vast majority of my early childhood in Lordsburg, New Mexico. And so if you've never heard of either three of those cities, uh, <laughs> consider yourself lucky.
2: No, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I passed through... Yeah, I, I passed through, um, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce it, because I always seem to, uh, I was on my way to Colorado about six years ago, and I was driving out there, and I took the southern route from Nashville to um, uh, Glenwood Springs, and uh, I passed through for about 12 hours, uh, I passed through New Mexico, and it was right through Tucumcari. Is that how you say it? Yeah,
1: Tucumcari, yeah.
2: So, I had never been to Mexico before or New Mexico, and I'd never I'd actually never been that far out west, at least on the ground. Um, and it was beautiful. I have been wanting to go back out there ever since then. I mean, maybe like if you grow up in it, it's not special to you, like how you grow up here. Maybe it's not special. And then yeah, yeah. people come out here and they're like, it's so green. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> but New Mexico good. is just it's very stark. I mean yeah. they were just they're mesas and uh, and there was a thunderstorm you know while I was there and it was just hammering because like you
0: there's... don't see thunderstorms because of all the trees you don't see thunderstorms until they're directly above you when you're when you're here but <laughs> when you... you're, oh, yeah. but I get you <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: yeah. but uh out where you're from I mean there's so much so much visibility you can see for so far yeah. have you lived in New Mexico all your life
1: yes actually um, and New Mexico has been my home literally since the day I was born. The only thing that's changed is the cities. And um, really? to, yeah, to be completely honest with you, I, I 100% agree. See the difference between there's New Mexico and then I'll give you an example of Lordsburg. New Mexico is like beautiful, vast, expanding deserts and mountains with beautiful sunsets. Yeah. And you know, it's, like you said, stark vastness. Lordsburg is like, um, uh, you know, those little olives that you get on top of a sandwich, <laughs> little green ones. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: that's like what Lordsburg is, and the sandwich is New Mexico. But Lordsburg, is like the little <laughs> olive, you pick up and chunk, and you're like, all right, uh, maybe I'll eat that later. I don't know, uh, but <laughs> that's effectively what uh, what Lordsburg, what Lordsburg actually is, as a whole for
2: the whole entirety of New Mexico. <laughs> so, uh, so Lordsburg, uh, the uh, the olive on the sandwich that you throw away. I like that this. Was hilarious. this food. You're speaking my language, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how long? So you live there for a little while and then you move to a couple of other places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I moved. I've moved to Las Cruces. I uh, lived in Lordsburg for about five years, uh, maybe a little okay. bit under. And then I've lived in Las Cruces ever since. And um, gotcha. Las Cruces is a great little town. It's not necessarily like tiny Lordsburg blink and you'll miss it, but it's not like huge Albuquerque. Um, and you, if you've watched like Breaking Bad, you know, Albuquerque, it's the, you know, it's like that, it's kind of like one of those big central cities in New Mexico. But, um, yeah, Las Cruces is like a strange middle ground between those two, uh, still relatively small, but you know, not, not like a very small. So yeah, but that's where I've been most, most of my life. Very cool. That's Awesome.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I want to talk about your book, uh, The Price of Salvation. What inspired you? To, yeah. I wish I had a picture of it here. I'm sorry I didn't prepare for that. Do you have a copy of it there with you that you could hold up? In the I, screen?
1: I actually do. I have, a, I have one uh, right here. I w- I've been reading wow, it. Wow,
0: that is
2: beautiful. Yeah. So thanks. I've seen it in black and white. I haven't seen the color of it. That's amazing. Thank you. So
1: fun fact about the cover, actually. Um, I had sent them. Let me see if I can find it on my phone. So I, my publishing company that I work with, um they're really they're amazing i mean they have been awesome through the entire experience but uh i had a very specific vision for what i wanted my book to be you know like even from the beginning not just in the words but i also mm-hmm. have this like exact cover in mind and i was really? like you know, you know I, yeah i'm kind of one of those guys who if i see something that a society is agreed upon. I do my best to to make sure that I agree with it. And if I don't, I change it <laughs> I'm like, I didn't like that. One of those yeah. examples was people are like, oh, don't judge a book by its cover. And I, I, I despise that saying because I'm like, that's the silliest thing because you, yeah. you do like, yeah. It doesn't matter if you if people tell you not to, you're going to. Like what your eyes see is what your immediate first impression is. So yep. I had yep. told, I, even before I signed up with Dorance, I was like, okay, I need you guys to promise me that you will be able to do exactly what I want. Like you're, you have a graphic designer, not any copy and paste, like nonsense. Yep. Like I need a graphic designer who's going to make the exact thing I have in my head. And they were like, yes, we got you. And so I remember Lost before it. I sent it to the graphic designer, I had drawn this sketch in my book I'm not an artist. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this this was the sketch that I had sent them for what I no wanted. No way.
2: Yeah, this wow. is. it a-
0: I see it. Mountains that's in the background. Awesome. You got the yeah. you got the camp, the the <laughs> rim, the the ledge that the horse is standing on. Trees down there, and like, yep. You know that's yeah, perfect, yeah, yeah. John. I mean, so they, they, yeah, they, that's they everything actually, that somebody needs. You know, that's, that's everything bad. a graphic
2: designer needs to to I, fill what, in the details. <laughs> You know yeah. I,
1: I told them like all right listen i need it at, i need it at sunset and i need like red sand and some really beautiful yeah. mountains go and uh and they were like okay well, here i go and you know uh, <laughs> they were they absolutely amazing but yeah that so the cover being as beautiful as it is um that's really what's helped me sell a lot of the book is because people see it's it awesome. and they're like, Whoa, yeah. like wow that's such a beautiful cover yeah, and yeah. I'm like, Thank you. Thank you. You know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Very cool. So tell us about, uh, so it's called The Price of Salvation. Uh, You can get it on Amazon. You can also get it at, is it called, is it Dorrance Books or Dorrance Publishing? What's the website?
1: Uh, So Dorrance Publishing is the company, but the website's called dorrancebookstore.com. Maybe an easier way to go about it, it would be to go to my actual website, which is Um, andersonbookworks.org. It it has like all the links to every place you can get it on the internet that I've found uh, myself. Cool. So I think they're like a Target and other places, but
2: yeah, you can get it there. Nate. Oh, we'll be sure to post the links afterwards um, mm-hmm. in, the, It'll uh, be nice. in the descriptions and everything. So people can go directly to either one of those. Yep. Whichever. Yeah. So uh, tell
0: us about the story of the book. What's it about? Yeah.
2: Sure. Uh,
1: so do you want my
2: like general
1: quick sum- summary that I give to like everybody? Or would you like me to go a little bit more in depth on it? Because I got
2: two versions.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's a, actually, it's, kind of, it's more of a two-part question. What is it about generally, but... What's it flowing from? Yeah. Like, where does it come why from? Why did you why did you feel like you really needed to write this book? What story are you really trying to tell?
1: Perfect. Okay. Well then, uh, yeah, this is this is a great question. And and you believe it or not, my book actually does kind of tie into the the main question of the of the interview today, which Perfect. was a Christian masculinity that you guys have been talking about. It does actually play into that a bit. So hopefully this will kind of give us some ammunition for later. But so uh, <laughs> I started writing it in um, 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019, because that's when that thing that we can't say on, on the, this website, because if we did, it would get taken down. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's yep. that thing that happened that everybody's aware of. <laughs>
0: that um, big event, yep. <laughs> yes,
1: the big event. Uh, I, had start, I had sat down, and I've been a writer all my life, but so I had this passion for writing, and I've always kind of had this passion for writing since I was like 16. And um, I started going through a really hard time. And, uh, you know, being locked in a lot did not help. How and, old are uh, you now, John? Uh, twenty-four. Turned twenty-four, 24. last okay. cool. two weeks ago, I think.
0: Man, yeah. It's a published book at twenty-four, man. Yeah, That's fantastic. Awesome. Gosh. And dang, a good one awesome. at twenty-four. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, okay. sorry to interrupt. sorry, yeah, yeah, sir. So you were no, suffering no, no, from fine. lockdown.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it come around, and I was really just thinking to myself, like. Uh, You know, I was really struggling with a few things, and I had—I was initially making movies, but I couldn't do that anymore. I like was writing scripts for for short films, couldn't do those anymore. Um, I couldn't do like anything, so I felt like I was drowning. And um, I had had this idea for like two years, and um, I had initially penned it as a screenplay, um, but I knew that the story wasn't finished even as a screenplay. So I got to a pretty you know dark location and um that's when this book was like let's write this let's do this and uh, yeah. and i say let's as a as a specific use of the term because it was very much a, a spiritual journey as much as just like you know me thinking i want to write this book it was very much like uh, god leading me and saying hey we need to tell this story yeah. um and that leads me directly into so that's kind of like my personal side of it you know just i love to write and um I got to a place where I really needed some help. And the way that I did that was to start using my gift to uh, produce something that could help others. Yeah, um, cool. if I've ever, yeah, like if I've ever had a goal in my life, it's a very simple one. It's just to help people. That's literally what I've said, like all of my life. People are like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to help people. <laughs> and that's what I say still. They're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. Just help people. I don't know <laughs> no specifics it um, kind of gives so, a
2: blank canvas for God to yeah. do whatever he
0: wants. It's so true. That, well, and writing know, I think and writing is a good way to do that too. Writing's a good way to do that because you you're helping you you give I mean, it's not just entertaining people, which everyone of course everyone wants to be entertained. Sure. But it's a great way of giving people new ideas and perspectives where yeah. they might be when they read something like this, they might be it, they may have been hesitant to think or consider, you know, God's influence in their life or having anything to do with them, but when they read through a story like this, it kind of it kind of sneaks i say sneaks through not in a coercive way but like it makes them wonder huh i wonder what you know having god in my life would be like i wonder if that could change things so many people talking about you know yeah it's just a different writing is like a a thief in the night it is it is i mean boy i mean a well-written a well-written sentence chapter book whatever uh can really give someone some perspective so anyway i digress
1: Absolutely. No, actually, you're, you're, you're progressing, believe it or not, because that 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 <laughs> tail, tail fins right into what the book's about. Um, and so now I can tell you a bit about the price of salvation, the actual plot and like what the story is about, because it very much stems from that. The biggest when I started writing the book and what I usually do with all of my written works is I um, immediately think, what story is God trying to tell with this? And um, I have a very unique perspective on these kinds of things, because uh, I was I was raised predominantly Christian um my whole life but it's been it hasn't been uh you know butterflies and rainbows so to speak and i don't generally believe that a true christian relationship ever is uh with god i don't believe that a christian walk is supposed to be like we're just having fun and everything's Uh great and jesus (laughs) loves you and high fives Mm -hmm. all around Mm -hmm. like there's times for that but generally speaking you know in my own personal experience it has been a very rough uh walk from the day Mm -hmm. that i was Birth on the planet even before then um mm-hmm. you know and i could go on for hours about those stories but i won't because we're talking about the price of salvation <laughs> next so <time. laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah next time there you go
3: yeah yeah so all
1: that all that kind of fed into this story and so the basic point of the price of salvation was to ask the question could somebody who has done the most atrocious things still be saved Can someone still be found by salvation, even after, you know, murder and thievery and um, and all of these things? And that was the basic concept of the idea when it started about three years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, uh, it was two years ago before I got it published, but three years ago now. And um, the original vision I had for it was like just this cowboy dressed in all black on a black horse and he's he's in the middle of the desert and this bounty hunter walks up and is like you know i'm gonna kill you and then there's a preacher next to the bounty hunter and he's like wait let me at least try to save him first and uh that was like the basic starting seed of what the price of salvation became and the original title was actually god's outlaw very very basic like 15 minute screenplay yeah and um it's it definitely over the course of those two years of development turned into way more but uh, at its core, <laughs> that is what the story is. And so uh, the main character, Thomas St. Hart, um, he is an American outlaw. He's, uh, he was uh, born and raised in Arizona. Um, I'm sorry. I think he actually, he, I think he's in New Mexico as like a little personal Easter egg to my state, but he is like prominently in Arizona. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's raised into this life of being an outlaw and uh, only knowing those things for the entirety of his you know, his journey. And then there comes a point in 1902, um, which if you know, American history, modernization was taking a huge heavy upheaval in the West. Mm-hmm. And, um, you yeah. know, the times of the West are basically dying. Yep. Uh, and they were no more effectively. It was like, yep. you know, the sun was um, you were, yeah, like, you know, it was the end of the West. And so for a lot of these outlaws, it created a a, kind of like a crisis because you're like, well, I don't yeah. know what else to do. like most of them were still wanted heavily by the US government and all those things. so mm-hmm. you're, you're just you're pigeonholed into this like area where you can't move like that's yeah. it and you have to make a choice. And so that's the main form of conflict for not only Thomas but the rest of the characters in the story is each character is affected by this modernization this, uh, i could actually say progressive movement that starts to yeah. come into america and the progressiveness forces uh thomas to start asking some questions like what is family what's faith what's freedom like what are all these things and can i still attain that after doing what i've did, what i've done and um it's uh, it's it's a scary time for him you know because really it's it's gone from a state of like well you know times are ending to no this is the end like death is around the corner i could be i could be gunned down by the u.s cavalry at any moment because they're here now like they were never here before but here they are <laughs> yeah you know, right down the road and yeah that's so, something i
0: was going to ask you is it, it was like it's set in 1902 and the outlaw west is kind of fading like you're saying and there's less opportunities for outlaws to take advantage of right and it isn't yeah. thomas saint hart the main character isn't he part of a is he part of a gang is he part of an outlaw gang
1: Yes, he's part of the brothers of Beauclerc, and um, they're they're more than just a gang in a sense. They are like a family. Most of them have known each other since they were you know children. In Thomas's case specifically, Lucius Beauclerc, who's uh, like his father figure, who picked him up and rescued him when he was a child, um, that's he's known him his whole life. And so Lucius and Thomas are very much uh, very very close because. Um, you know, like it's just like his father figure. But even most of the rest of the gang in the book, it kind of alludes to when they all showed up. But by the time we meet them, they're a family. They're, you know, like yeah. they're one, they're a unit. But mm. is that really the case? Is what you start to start asking because you yeah. you figure out, well, I mean, we've been together since times have been easy, but now that times are hard, what does it come down to? Mm. And um the big pivotal key change and uh, I don't wanna give you guys too much spoilers because yeah. uh, the spoilers yeah, I want are- to
2: get this book. I want to read it. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. the moments that are shocking are very shocking for a reason. So I'm like, if I spoil it here, it'll ruin the effect. No spoilers. Um, Understood. But, uh, okay, good. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but very much the pivotal moment that comes across is um, you have this decision that needs to be made, like less opportunities, right? Well, an opportunity presents itself. And the unfortunate thing is, is that the opportunity is very much very dark it's not just it's not just like oh i'm an outlaw it's like evil like it's it, yeah. it goes a step further than just well, we are the original ideology of freedom you know like in mm-hmm. a in a version of the west the outlaws were kind of like mm-hmm. you were looked at as superheroes because
2: you're like wow, folk heroes mm-hmm. yeah and they know? still are in a lot of ways i mean you know for right the libertarian you know, us, ideology it's sort of like the the anti-hero libertarian
0: yeah yeah know? yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly and so and it's and and that's a key element as well the freedom aspect it plays into that it plays into the well you know can you really hate these guys because they are the true embodiment of freedom right you know Mm -hmm. question mark and you you start to ponder (laughs) those things like well i mean they don't have any rules they govern themselves they kind of just do whatever and you're like that sounds pretty great on paper but but is it and then even that question makes you go but is it you know like you're, <laughs> you're yeah. back and, forth and you're like what's the true essence of freedom of family <laughs> and uh, so i kind of get a little bit off but yeah that that big dividing point that critical evil that shows up thomas is uh thomas is conflicted by it he doesn't he doesn't agree he's like i don't know if i want to do that we've never done something like that before this isn't us but uh times are desperate you know you're, yeah. you're choosing between the lesser of two evils in a sense and it's like well would you rather us all just get gunned down in the street or take this opportunity to hightail it out of here yeah. and um so it's it's a big it's a big conflict for him with his family that he's grown up with and then That's cool. uh, to avoid spoilers you know after that it gets heavy spoiler territory but uh
3: sure but that, <laughs> yeah
1: you know that deals with like the family fa- uh, fr- and freedom aspect and the faith aspect is very interesting because this is the main point of the book. And um, I've been telling people the heart and soul of The Price of Salvation is chapter five. So if, if there was ever chapters you needed to pay attention to, it's chapter one, because there's a lot of details for the rest of the story hidden in there. So if you're a really like in-depth reader, uh, you wanna pay attention to chapter one and uh chapter two also has some key elements but the next big chapter that is literally like the heart and soul of the book is chapter five and it is uh where you where you meet some characters that start to bring into we're starting to bring in faith and um you know the god aspect of it and so and that's really the main point of the book in a sense is to uh is to if you're willing um to to take a. take a chance on God, right? And think, okay, times are desperate. Um, who really is my family? What really is freedom? Uh, what is faith? And mm-hmm. when you start to ponder those things, it starts to, to kind of pigeon tail into one location. And mm-hmm. you're like, I see it, I, I could see that. And um, the beauty of this book though, is that if you're not a person who's very religious and you, or you don't maybe, um, I'll take it like this, I believe there's three types of people in the world. There's a a make-believer, or sorry, a believer, right, sold out to God entirely, a make-believer, you're kind of on the fence, you're like, I believe there's a God, but I don't know how much, and -hmm. then there's the non-believer who's just entirely, no thanks, not for me. Those are the three types of people. Well, Mm -hmm. those three people exist in my book, and they are the three (laughs) main characters of the book. And so you can choose to read the book in three different ways, and whichever way you do, you will get a great story regardless. That's yeah, like, that's a cool witnessing
2: tool. I I know exactly yeah. what that's like. That was the objective behind my Heavenly Realms series, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's kind of in play in uh, some of Nick's books as well, if not the uh, the Travelers League series. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a great Christian strategy. Uh, John, um, were you always a fan of westerns, or was this a motif that just kind of sprang out of nowhere for you?
1: No, I've I've always been a fan. Well, I've I've kind of lived a western, honestly.
2: <laughs> my, <laughs> well, you're uh, definitely in the environment. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> all of my ancestors before me were all ranchers, cowboys. Really? Li- lived out. Yeah, I lived out in well, Lordsburg is a uh, actually a pretty well known western city or town really? um, cool. it's referenced in a few we, uh, western movies with like clint eastwood and, and john wayne and things like that because it's oh, it was cool. that and so it's a cool. bit of my heritage but also just as a kid i loved western films and i've, I've watched them like ever since i love a good western
0: what's your I've favorite seen, what, what, uh, what, are you, what are your top three top three favorite western
1: top three um okay well to be honest uh i think Django Unchained is probably like number two or number okay. one. <laughs> I still I haven't seen that one. Yeah, you have. Okay, well, it's it's a Quentin Tarantino film, so you know what you're getting into. But right. uh, <laughs> I just I loved it. I thought it was uh, fantastic. I love his movies though. Um, and then number two, definitely uh, like an obvious choice, or either number two or number one. I'm between this and that, and Django for number two and number one. But uh, the Good and the Bad and the Ugly, obviously. Oh yeah. Then oh, yeah. one. And really I'm very bad about like labeling things I like because my brain like just doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's gotcha. like, I love this section of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and I
2: love all of it. <laughs> yeah, I love all of them. And I'm very
3: picky
1: and cheesy, like even with music, I'm like, I don't like like a whole genre. I'm just like, I like this song from that genre and yeah. this one from here and that one from there. And I'm like, okay, but these are all great. Um, and so literally any Spaghetti Western or John Wayne film.
2: Have you ever seen um, Seraphim Falls?
1: I don't think so. It sounds
2: like. Yeah. Not a well-known uh, movie. I think it's a Western from maybe 2005 ish mm-hmm. uh, Pierce Brosnan and mm-hmm. um, Liam Neeson. I literally had to stop and think, wait, who's Qui-Gon Jinn? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyways, it's uh, so cool. your book kind of, and it's uh it's very much like uh, almost a met, it is a metaphysical, uh, it's a chase movie, but there's like a redemptive aspect yeah. to it. And yeah, um, uh, there was this weird time where, like the mid, the mid to late two thousands were very western. Mm. You know, there's a lot of cool westerns coming out. Uh, My
0: the, favorite's Open Range. Open
2: Range is awesome. Robert De Kevin Costner, but yeah, well, and you know what? Like the Price of Salvation seems so archetypal because it seems, not having read the book, it seems like a uh, a spiritual hero's journey, mm-hmm. a redemptive mm-hmm. story. Uh, it's a Western, so it's kind of like it's kind of like Open Range meets Seraphim Falls meets Red Dead Redemption, but all with a Christian, you know, aim point at yeah. the end of it. It's yeah. it sounds awesome. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. That's, and it, that's uh, the irony that's is it probably will be a movie at some point, John. So that's, what so. <laughs> I
1: mean, that's the goal, right? That's the goal. Just yeah. get it out to as many folks. But that's yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, at the end of the day, I'm, uh, my friend actually gave me a term for it. Cause he was going to put it on his Instagram and he's like, what do you want to call it? And I'm like, we'll just call it a book. And he's like, it's more than a book. And I'm like, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm like, okay, well, what would you call it? And he's like, well, I don't want to call it a novel. Cause that he's like, that sounds pretentious. So we won't call it a novel. And I was like, you can be pretentious here.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we wear ascots sometimes you can be pretentious. <laughs> I have some hanging up back there just for kicks. It does. Yeah, oh, I does think that. I see. Yeah. Just in yeah. case you get just, to
3: that point of
0: the, of the, yeah. of the live.
1: Absolutely. Well, so he, we decided inevitably, he was like, let's call it an American epic. And I was like, that's perfect. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. It, it very much is like a classic story that, that you love, though. Like, you know, uh, my, my biggest thing is like, yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm a writer and all these things, but I'm also like a super, like, I love stories. And um, so when I make something, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the story I'm telling at its basis is just a good story yeah. and um we we have so little of that these days because whether the whether it's bogged down by like hollywood like mm-hmm. agenda stuff you know like um you can't watch a single movie without like being worried about as you're getting indoctrinated with something or it's just whatever. in your okay. face all the time yeah, it's yeah, it's like in just in tell face.
0: me a good story yeah right and that well, you know and really- and i write and i write middle grade fiction right this is one of my books Ooh, that one there it goes you know i write middle grade fantasy And it's the same type of thing with middle grade books for kids, eight to 12. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: You know, I just wanted to tell a good, a a fun fantasy story, but you go out there and everything has an agenda. Yeah. Everything has an agenda. Everything has like a main theme or a message that we're trying to teach this kid, teach kids this one thing.
2: And it's usually Luciferian of some sort. (laughs) Usually I'm (laughs) like, well,
0: why don't you just have a bunch of nice themes in the background, but just tell a good story. Don't tell a story that makes a kid want to go out and do bad things. Just tell a fun story that if a kid found themselves in that adventure, it would be the event their life, their whole life, ends up revolving around. Yeah,
2: and maybe they would want to do the
0: cool things that the characters do in yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's interesting you
1: mentioned that because I, I had actually found myself. So I had this thought, and I'm writing my book, and I kept thinking about like all these people that were going to read it, and I was like, what if someone reads this and they get offended by it, or like what if somebody? And I just stopped myself, and I was like, look, first of all, who cares? Second of all,
0: amen. <laughs> yeah, amen.
3: Like,
1: uh, Second of all, you know, I had thought about that statement. Like, well, I don't want to be indoctrinated with something when I go watch a movie. And I was like, well, isn't that what you're doing though? Just like on the other side of it. So then I met myself in the middle, and I was like, all right, here's my rule. I'm going to tell a good story. I know what themes are in it. People who are who are clever enough, or really just can look at it on its face, will be like, okay, that's probably what this is about. But at the end of the day, it. It's not going to be like in your face preaching to you. It is a subtle... Thing in the background, and that's why I tell people, like, you can go down that road if you want to, or you can just read the story as a western and just get a good western. Like, you don't have to. And uh, so that was my middle ground. I was like, I may be having a bit of an agenda here, but I'm doing (laughs) it subtly, and I think that makes me okay.
2: Well, that's kind of the master stroke is when you can do that in a way that doesn't. It's not so overt, but it still operates in machinery of the background, and it's still authentic to your you know your ideals and your beliefs but it's not just ham-fisted yeah, yeah. Well, that's
0: what pressfield did with a man at arms yeah man at arms
2: very much so. a, a great example yeah. of that yeah. also yeah. kind of a western though set in the yeah arms, yeah
1: absolutely so. i mean every movie is gonna have like a message it's trying to get at you you know like okay yeah. take, for example the lorax right very much yeah. don't don't destroy the world right yeah. like that that's like the message but but uh there was once a time in film where like you could T- say something like you could mm-hmm. tell a story and give a moral because that's really the whole point of stories is to yes especially fiction is to yeah. take in your bubble and put you like in a little in a little take your bubble and then poke holes in it and be like hey check out this <laughs> other thing that you didn't know and you're yeah. like okay well, maybe i learned something i found something i didn't know before and that was like generally the whole point of fiction um it's just been so bogged down by like well we're not going to poke holes we're just going to like blow up your entire world and then get mad at you if you don't agree with us
3: uh-huh yeah mm-hmm.
1: and it's like whoa whoa whoa! like I, I at least give me the the choice to like it or not like come on <laughs> Or at least movie good or yeah like could we at least get that first but yeah uh, yeah yeah
0: well i would like to jump over to the topic oh yeah sure masculine christianity and, and and this is kind of a it's a crossover question. So it's still related to the book. Um, How would you compare Thomas, Thomas St. Hart in your story um, as he goes through this and and I haven't read it. So no spoilers, right? I'm just assuming things from the book, but how would you describe or compare redeemed Thomas Mm -hmm. with the modern average evangelical Christian man?
1: That is a tough, that's a tough one. Well, I mean, not so much. So one of the beauties of the story is that um, there's a key sen- There's a key sentence. The first sentence that opens up the entire book is um, once upon a time in a world much like our own. And uh, that's not really a spoiler. That just opens the book. And what that does is it sets up this premise that you're kind of in a fantasy once upon a time, but you're in reality in a world much like our own. And so Thomas, he's this like this like a uh, weird character that kind of like fills in between the two and he pulls out the average Christian. And so for the males of the, of the, of Christianity who may be reading um, <clears throat> and watching, uh, or sorry, reading the book, uh, they're supposed to be able to identify with him in the sense of like, well, who is he? And so one thing you got to remember is like back in this time, it, it's very different than the world we live in, in the sense that uh, you had to really, like, be a man's man. Like, there was no room for, you know, oh, I think I'll be, I think I'll get uh, get up at, like, maybe 10 today. If, after mm. I've been on, on Instagram for an hour. You know, I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, oh, where are we going to eat for dinner, guys? Applebee's, like... Uh,
2: what- <laughs> Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah,
1: Chick-fil-A, you know. And it wasn't like that. Like, it was like, yeah. you're lucky if you yeah. wake up alive. And if you do, you need to get up and go find food. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch your back. You know, be ready. Like, learn how to survive this and that. So, uh, it's yeah. hard to kind of compare with characters like that. But the mentality of Thomas is very much comparable. So, um, you know, you'll get to know Thomas. He's he's a he's a very much a, a fighter and a and a um, you know he's a deep thinker. So that's where we can identify with him. But he is a like you know, uh, well he's he's a killer. He's been raised a killer. You know that's that's his life. That's he's learned how to survive that way. And so, redeemed Thomas um, in the end. Uh, if I could compare him to any way, it's that he's without spoilers. Um, he still has his faults, right? There's still things that we n- not necessarily can always escape. There's certain things that we take with us um, all the way to the end, and uh, and we can never truly escape them in the sense that some things in the in the realities that we live or the lives that we have. Um, We just have to, we have to deal with them to the end. You know, like we all have Mm -hmm. they say like you all have your cross to bear. And so uh, Thomas's cross in a sense is very much just um, trying to fight. Like he's, he's a fighter and he's constantly fighting for something greater. uh, At least when we find him in the book, you know, from the moment that we see him, you can kind of tell that he's like, he's starting to question things. And he's like, is this it? Like, really? You know, and, um, and uh, he's, he portrays himself as very much as a simpleton. And uh, and I think that's how <laughs> a lot of men are perceived is very you know simple and well here we are I'm a man and I sit and I do this thing and uh, but in our minds you know there's so much going on and uh, mm-hmm. and that's Thomas and he's kind of dealing with uh, this existentiality of, of life so in his redemptive arc in his redeemed form, he still has his problems, but he knows what he's fighting for and he believes in it. And he's finally found something that he can, that he can fight for and that he believes in. And um, again, I can't say w- what specifically, because that does dive into spoilers. A lot of the excitement of the journey is figuring out what Thomas inevitably aligns with and uh, yeah. figuring out what he, what he decides is, is the greatest, the greatest battle you can ever fight. Um, so you take that to today. This is, The thing about the price of salvation is there's a there's a lot of physical uh, symbolism in it, or there's a lot Mm. of like, cool, uh, you know, like, uh, it's like Old Testament. That's the best way I've compared it in my Mm. brain. It's like the Old Testament. It's a lot of symbolism. You read the New Testament. It's like more of the action of like uh, the spiritual action. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like typing old types, the new, you know. Yeah. Vice versa. Mm -hmm. And um, so. The price of salvation is very much very much based in an old testament world and that is intentional uh as yes. an easter egg for for you guys oh sweet um, so everything that happens is very much like symbolism like it's like it's it's this gritty uh violent brutal story but if you look at what's happening you're like oh uh, i see some symbolism here i see what's going on and so um i'm not sure how i was headed with that i kind of spaced it there for a second mm-hmm. but uh yeah, so Redeemed that's Thomas, if we were to type it spiritually to us. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, you type Thomas spiritually to the modern day Christian and it's a fight and you have to end up asking yourself what's worth fighting for, mm-hmm. what yep. really gives you freedom in a world that seems to be closing in. And uh, this is mm-hmm. very key because 2019 was a very key year for a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. do even today. And, um, and so, and even in the 2020, you know, all that stuff that's coming up and I'm, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'll avoid mm-hmm. naming specific themes. So YouTube doesn't <clears throat> <laughs> zap them. us. Appreciate we'll get you. Z- appreciate yeah. you brother.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and that is the important aspect of those first two sentences of the book. This is a fictional yeah. tale, but there is real world elements that still apply. And I, I've come to find out that I myself as a Christian in today's world align more with outlaws than I do with yep. the sheriff. I find out that yep. we're, we're the, the, the 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 scope is beginning to change and the world is starting to close in and, and things yep. are changing and the progressive movement continues to go forward. Yep. And so that's where Thomas is. That's where Thomas finds himself. And so it's a very, very, very important story to our current day. Impressive. But at the, yeah. yeah, like at the very end of it, you have to figure out, what it, who's my family like really like who can I without a shadow of a doubt who can I depend on. Yeah, where is what is faith. What is that really. How can I attain that. How can I attain a personal personal relationship with God. And if not with God, what do you have to believe in. Um, yeah. And, uh, and of course, then freedom. Well, what's freedom. You know, and we look at the state of the world today, and a lot of those uh, freedoms are starting to to disappear a little bit day by As day. They are, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you you look at that, and you look at the outlaws who thought the same way, and you're like, wow, that's an interesting. It's a very interesting parallel that even yeah. myself was a bit of a thing for me to discover because a lot of it was just me like kind of letting God do His thing, and yeah. I was like, okay, here we go, writing under the inspiration. But um, so that's how I would compare it to modern day Christians. Is the is a, yeah. to be a a Christian in general but i mean um um, um christian masculinity um mm-hmm. you know what do you think is worth fighting for and are you man mm-hmm. enough to fight that fight because mm-hmm. uh at mm-hmm. the end of the day you know it's um it, it, for us it's more spiritual and mental but yeah. still huge fights i mean it's it's a mess mm-hmm. like if you really mm-hmm. were to if you were to take the average spiritual fight that a person goes through on an average day and yeah. show it like like price of salvation style like old testament it would be mm-hmm. like you know, David versus Goliath, like chopping off his head, and you know, yeah. look like, at <laughs> all the Christians fighting like all the legions of the world, and it's like, you know, David yeah. versus the armies of, of the, the who are coming to invade his country. Yeah. And yeah. um it's very much the same. So interesting. I hope that I love good. that
0: concept. I love the concept of someone using old testament skills and tools mm-hmm. to fight New Test for New Testament causes. Yeah. You yeah. know.
2: With the metaphor, yeah, the visual metaphor of it's everything, yeah, it's yeah, awesome, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Stuff, Can't wait to read it, man. Yeah, very um, good. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I
0: got a couple more questions. Um, so, and one of them, yeah, yeah, you're you're answering my questions before I can even ask. Them. That's so great. Uh, <laughs> fighting for family, fighting for faith, fighting for freedom. What does that look like for the American masculine Christian today, like modern? How would would you, how would you define it? Everyone might define it differently, but I'd like to know your kind of take on that.
1: Sure. So like, um, well, I mean, it kind of comes down to, to what you're willing to stand for. And of course, like there's many scriptures that will actually give you like, what is the, what is the, what is it to be? um, you know, to be a modern male example, like how should you, how should you treat other individuals? How should you treat, you know, your wife or like things like that. And really for us, that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, life in and in, in of itself is very simple. If you really break it down to its core elements, it's like birth, uh, growth, and then like marriage, Work and then death. That's
0: the right order of things. That's yeah, usually
1: I mean, that's where it goes. And so like uh, the very, very, very simple. You know, I'm kind of being funny here. Very simple breakdown. But in between all that, you start to uh figure out, you know, as as a as a man, what is it that you what example are you setting? Um, what are you doing for your kids? You know, how do you treat your wife, how do you, what do you do to spread the gospel, um, through the world? And, uh, and those things, it is, it's very, very similar and anybody can do that. But I mean, obviously if you read the Bible, there's, there's just, there is certain def- differences between, uh, what, what men do and what women do as well. And, uh, men are very much commissioned to go into, to, to yeah. out into, you know, preach to the masses and, um, you know, the, the fivefold ministry and thing like that and things like that, that's mm-hmm. very much, you know, the job of what we're supposed to do. And at the end of the day, um, you can look to Paul a lot and he was like, you know, this is, a uh, the main important thing here <laughs> and heavy paraphrasing here, but Paul was like, you know, the important thing is that you do what you are commissioned to do, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of the circumstances, um, you know, like even there's some scriptures that would really throw me for a loop because, like, Paul would be like, if you don't need a wife, then don't have one because they're just a distraction. You're like,
2: whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you <Hey> know, <laughs> easy, Paul, you know, yeah, like he's like,
1: they're just a distraction. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a minute, what, what just happened? Let me read that. Yeah, go. but what a there's distraction.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and exactly. But like, to figure out, you know, where he was. <laughs> Distract
0: me. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think
1: I'm that's what Paul back. was
2: getting at. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I found that was really interesting too. And when, when he said that, cause I was like, that's very interesting that he says that if you don't need one, which very much implies that if you have one, it's cause you needed a wife. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I yeah. the importance of a wife then, because like uh, as a man, you can't do what you need to do for God without having someone there to back you up. Right. And so, uh, it, you know, what's interesting is that, and I can kind of bring this back to Thomas as well. Um, masculinity has been coined as like a negative term these days no um it's very yeah. odd but, but it makes yeah. sense because uh, the world's very much shifting towards a, a female-led it is infrastructure. It's the age of aquarius baby mm-hmm. it's been yeah and uh you know and it's like years. it's it's interesting to see how there's a subtle breakdown of all those elements it started out yes. as toxic masculinity which you mentioned earlier and um you know and it's like oh that's toxic to be to be like manly and it's like well, what defines that and you're like well holding a door for a for a lady is like
2: I've been back. yelled at on a date for it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm like taking it back. I'm like, what? Like, that's yeah. just respect. Like, that's not... Anyway, right. I'm getting a little derailed here. It's but protection. Right. And those are the basic roles of like, yeah. of, a, of a man and a woman. And you know, there is those roles there. Like, and I know that that's a controversial statement to say today, but they... They do matter. They're yeah. relevant, you know. And and I know I'm amongst friends here, so I can yeah, say something like that. And then get canceled absolutely. on Twitter some sometime years down the road. But uh, you know, it's dude uh... I already
2: got zapped on Instagram. You're fine. There's <laughs> oh, nothing okay. you can say that I haven't already stepped in. You're alright. <laughs> so.
1: Well, there you go. But yeah, so you know, the the modern Christian male. One interesting thing about it is that it's yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're the front, you're the face, you are the representation right. of, of not only um, yourself, but your wife, your family, um, the, the, the people that you go out and reach mm-hmm. to and that God reaches up to or through you to um, you're responsible for those people. And it comes down to a heavy sense of responsibility and being able mm-hmm. to bear the burden. They say that men were given broad shoulders to carry the weight of what they have mm-hmm. to have. Right. I'm sure you've heard that saying, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, and so, God knows um, just how big your shoulders are. Right, exactly, and so. But interestingly enough, you know, there, I do see where where people will come in and be like, "Oh, well, there's this toxic thing, and well, anything can be turned evil if you let it be. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's unique to this thing, and so uh, there's a certain sensitivity, I believe, um, that that masculinity have, has as well, and and that sensitivity is love, and it's very interesting because um, you know, you look at Jesus, Jesus loved like the more than anybody that there was. But if you examine his character, it wasn't like how, how modern Hollywood loves to portray him, where he's just like smiling and he's real. I, don't, I hope this isn't sacrilegious, but they present him like real dainty and real yeah. fluffy. And <laughs> yeah. he's got this long, like conditioned hair. Uh-huh. He like very, pretty. very
2: feminine and yeah. uh, non-threatening. is Exactly. How they like present
0: Pantene it. pro-V Jesus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: yeah
3: Uh, yeah exactly
1: (laughs) so that's how hollywood portrays it but like if you read the scriptures and when you read the conversations you have with people he was like bam you know like hammers over the heads i mean he calls he called a gentile woman like a dog like you yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like if if you were to do that today like you'd get like thrown to the wolves like it would be like that and they, they did like they did not like him because he, yeah. he uh, and by they, I mean, like, you know, the Jewish folks at the times, they didn't like it. The Pharisees hated him. All of yeah. them hated him because he wasn't dainty and fluffy. And, oh, you know. Because he was a threat. Everybody loves me. Yeah. And that's, and that's. Again, irony, mind.
0: you know. He was a bad oh. dude with a whip when he cleared out the temple. Can you imagine what the disciples, they kind of just, fro- I bet they just froze. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's happening right yeah. now? Is they're watching him thrash and, and turn over? And poor Peter over is England?
2: over there like, dude, I wish you would have told me. I got like 18 whips that I've been <laughs> yeah. making in dude, my Dude, I, yeah. I got a sword. I got a sword. I know
3: i sell your cloak and buy a sword, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. I
0: wish I could have been there. I wish I could have been. I wish I could just hear the, the tone and ferocity in Jesus's voice when he would cast a cast out an evil spirit, yeah, cast a demon out right. of someone. Yeah. When you talk about the son of God casting out, you know, a devil. Yeah. You know. What did that sound like I mean, it? Probably sounded
2: like yeah. dad when he was mad at us.
0: I mean, talk about yeah. thunder,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that's the full force of the like the full godhood of, of God, right through that, like Man. that's like of the that's one intense. true God, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. So, all that to say that, uh, yeah, like you, you want to know what, um, you know, Christian masculinity is, well, look to Jesus because that was the, uh, the, the capstone of what the example is that we should be Um, very much for all Christians. But I mean, the subject here is Christian masculinity. And so, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a dainty. It's not a fluffy, it's not a, Oh, everything's butterflies and rainbows. It is a gritty, it is a bloody, it is a nasty, hard fight. And you have to get ready to get down into the mud and go get those people out. You know, the fishers of men fishing, It's not easy. I don't know. Especially the old fishing where you're casting those like 50 pound nets out. Nets. You know, like that's hard. Like that takes work. And fishermen uh,
2: were the dock workers of the, you know, the first century. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Exactly. And so, you know, that, that, that I think, you know, and that just comes down to a lot of, you know, doctrine right like are you are you really yeah. preaching it how the bible tells it because a lot of people these days they love to to look at the love thy neighbor and you know uh, be good to one another and peace mm-hmm. turn and, the peace other down. cheek yeah turn yeah. the other cheek and it's like yeah. that, that that is good yes that's there but you have mm-hmm. to bring the, the hard stuff too you have yeah. to be able to put your foot down on things that you know especially today um you are not going to make people happy with saying, no, yeah yeah so, was and that's a- okay
2: because happiness yeah. is not the most important thing. Exactly. That's
0: right. And yeah, I, I almost wrote my typewriter one off on this, but you know, he said, turn the other cheek. You know, and he's talking about insults. Yeah. You know, but if we take that to the physical, take that into the physical realm, maybe you turn the other tree- cheek. But for, for a Christian man, that's turning your cheek. That's not forcing the people who are under your protection to turn turn theirs. Right. Yeah, you know there is a there is an element of responsibility. Yeah, that comes with. And our primary other goal people. as men is to be protected. That's that's yeah primary base level. Got to do that. Yeah, or don't call yourself a man. Personally, just, <laughs> yeah. There stop. we go. See, you know, anyway, I, I can. And I mean, even for that,
1: there's a certain element to uh, to spiritually. You know, like it mm-hmm. all comes down to like really figuring out um again what's worth fighting for so for like an example i could give is if uh, you know someone comes up to me and they're like you have a a giant forehead or something (laughs) i I could get mad and i could be like dude i'm gonna knock you out but obviously you know turn the other cheek great however if someone were to come up to me and say um i think that your god is is a is a failure and i think that it's not real and that and that that he's stupid i you know it's it's moments like those where you got to kind of be like you need to you need to be careful like you can talk yeah. about me all you want, you go ahead, yeah. about my forehead. bring it, I can take it. But you yeah. do not talk about my God. And mostly it's because you, you take that love that Jesus had and you're like, you need to, you need to be careful. Like yeah. you don't be saying things like that because that's how you get yourself in trouble. I'm yeah. fine. But now you've made the situation something where I have to help you because if you don't watch yourself yeah. in this moment you could end up bringing a very mm. harsh consequence upon you. Yeah. You, you get a con- cosmic
2: spanking. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, you
1: know, <laughs> and that's a, and that's a whole other conversation really about like how to present the word carefully. But, uh, but yes. I think that, that and it, it kind of goes back to the price of salvation. It's like, uh, this is the, the, the middle of the, you know, straight narrow way to try and get people and present people an idea and a belief, um, and a story that's just good generally all the way around. And, yeah. um, you know, whatever you make of it, you make of it.
2: So, John, you've uh, you've got your first novel written. Uh, it's flushed out of the system. It's out on the page. It's printed. It's published. Uh, is it curtains for John Anderson's career? No,
1: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> great, great, by the way. Wonderful segue there. Uh, no, you. not at all. I actually have another book coming out. Yeah, sweet. Um, well, I mean, yes, it is. Uh, it is uh, it's called Curtains, actually. Um, so very, okay. very nicely punned there. Um, no, no release date yet. I uh, okay. learned my lesson with the price of salvation. I told people like, oh, it's going to be out in like two months. And then like a year later it came out. So I learned my lesson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah.
1: So it, it'll be out when it's out. I would wager, uh, 2022. Uh, I'm sure. Like, I don't imagine it coming out any later than that year. Yeah. Um, so I can safely say that, but yes. And it is the, it is a poetry book. It mm-hmm. is the original 140 poems that i wrote um and that i post on instagram but they are they are very much a personal uh it's a personal story and a personal
2: journey and so they're great poems man thank you what inspired nick i think to reach out to you and follow you and uh i think he read a couple of years and they were really good in love with it yeah yeah so man i mean it's it's got to be powerful can't wait are you
0: thinking probably 2022 go long on the on the projecting of the uh, publishing date
1: yeah you know i mean i started i started the publishing process um about four months ago uh and i've noticed Ooh. that it takes about a year for a book to get like out to the public so mm-hmm. i would yeah, wager that it would be absolutely in 2022 unless like something went wrong somewhere down the way um which yeah. i you know I, I heavily doubt and i don't accept so i think it'll <laughs> be fine. But uh, you know yeah it's uh it, it'll be out in 2022 yeah. and uh you know since you guys were kind enough to actually somewhat of a way premiere this announcement
3: yeah, I'll give yeah. You guys
1: of an easter egg about the book um oh, cool. so nick i don't know how long you've been around but uh i'm very cryptic and uh and and, and jonathan you'll be able to if you ever go and read them on the page you'll understand what i mean i'm very cryptic in the way that i speak on the pieces especially with my more controversial ones yeah very very like not necessarily open-ended but just cryptic you know like you kind of uh-huh. have to really dig into it and think about it Pay attention. And so yeah and the crypticness of curtains is that is this it's, um so i wrote curtains uh over the course of like a year and uh, the poems themselves are all in a way interconnected and the reason why is because i was writing them uh when i had really, you know, still still not feeling great. I finished the, the Price of Salvation, but I was like, why do I still feel terrible? And so the way that I was able to <laughs> finally start addressing some of those deep-seated issues with me was I started writing poems. And yeah. um, Curtains is all 140 or these over the span of a year, this sort of internal character arc that I had
3: um, awesome. from, the,
1: from, from my own perspective. So just, you can know that. And, and some of them are a little random, more random. Like they're like just a thought that I had, but they were a thought had at this point in my life. And so you can actually, if you pay attention to the poems, as you read through the book, you'll actually be able to see the arc of how I went from, um, you know, I think the first, I think literally the first sentence of like the first poem, first sentence is literally, um, I see the darkness of the world that lives. So it opens up like. Mm, oh seen, yeah. Right, right where so it should. Yeah. Very and cool. uh, and then you get to the end. And I don't know. I don't know many of the last poems uh, quotes. It's been a while since I've read them. But uh, <laughs> I can tell you this. The last one very much ends in a note of like, um, you know, God is God is the light. And and that is where I very will go. Very cool.
2: And so awesome. it is
1: like this arc that you yeah. can actually kind of watch as you read through the pieces. That's awesome. What a
0: cool journey. And that's man. cool. Well, John, I got a qu- one last question for you.
2: Yeah. We know you got to go. You've yeah. run over time and we appreciate you. Oh, did you
1: I? Oh, I did. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but before you go, I want you to be
2: late for your church service. I'm
0: going to put you on the spot when you, when curtains comes out yeah, and it's published, will you come back on and yeah. tell everyone can about get it? You back?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to come back anytime you guys invite
2: me. I will be. Yeah. There. Absolutely, um, dude. We yeah, have so I much could... more to talk about.
0: Oh yeah, like
2: yes. schedule like an hour and a half to two hours for us because we got so much. Yeah, can ask
0: there are you. a couple so of questions I scratched about. out, and there are even more that yeah. I have since we started this. <laughs> oh, How
2: that's... about uh, you know? It'd be so... cool to get you back after uh, after we read the book because I bet you we'll have a lot of questions about the price of salvation. Yeah, and, that would be uh, and awesome. Then we could actually have
1: like a spoiler conversation about
2: it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be cool. Dude, this would be so much fun. John, thank you. No, I absolutely awesome man you were so cool dude and like now i gotta go out to new mexico again you know <laughs> i know it. I know it's so pretty there
1: do well, another las cruces and come say hi we'll, oh we'll my gosh it. dude if yeah, i ever come to
2: new mexico i certainly will yeah. i just got a new tacoma i totally want to yeah now. yeah i need i need a cross-country
0: trip you, you do yeah. i'll go with you that sounds great yeah i'll, I'll jump in the back so we'll be there in like a week john Oh yeah. you know. okay okay <laughs> <laughs> awesome john anderson man thank you for doing this uh, guest interview man Man, i know it was kind of short notice for you but it was awesome yeah and uh we really appreciate it and uh have a great uh a great evening i know you got to run Yeah, Uh, we're going to get your book and then we'll schedule a we'll schedule a follow up interview and we'll dive deeper into it. Yeah, we can't wait to have you back, man. This has
2: been awesome, man. Thank you for joining us,
1: dude. And thank you guys so much for having me. You know, like these are these are honestly some of my favorite things to do, if not my most favorite is actually just like get to reach out and talk to talk to folks. And you guys are both great, amazing hosts. uh, Thank Nick, you. And, and Jonathan, you got the voices, you know, like if I was, if I was sitting like in my room listening to a podcast, I would be like, yeah, these are, those are the guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that's <laughs> very sweet of you. Oh, that's we're funny. on Spotify.
0: Uh, thanks speaking to of it, nice segue. So, yeah, yeah, we're on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. put this on rumble. And just so you know, before you drop off, uh, this, this, uh, full live stream will be on YouTube for a few days. And what we do is, um, I dice it up into little segments yeah based on these different questions uh and then i post i pull the main one down and i post the shorter segments uh that way it'll it'll reach more people people more inclined to watch shorter segments than a long you know two-hour thing whatever right. uh, so yeah. it'll all be on youtube uh but the full thing will be on rumble and of course spotify we turn right. every episode into a, a podcast episode too so yeah. and oh, those are yeah, all be in the links yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I will mean, sure that just, and I
1: can uh, share with my followers as
2: well. You know, they. they I think it's just the that. Goslings for all of that, right? Yeah, it's just Goslings. the Goslings. With two S's. So. Oh, yep. Gosling. Yeah, it's super simple. Yeah, yeah not like not color. like
0: Ryan Gosling. He has one S. Yeah, he's a dork. Yeah, there are two of us. So I'm we older. Two S's, I'm older other. than him. There you go. Yeah, it <laughs> was our name first. He's the one that sucks. <laughs> <laughs
3: yeah, there you come go. on let's man go. learn some
2: english every once in a while let's go that is for that's real, right man, for real <laughs> yeah. well john man thank you so much for joining us i know you got a church service that you got to get to so i'm sorry for running late um, no that's yeah, fine really you know unexpected.
1: i i have a general rule i'm like if uh, if i feel like i need to be somewhere and then yeah. i'm just there and whenever yeah. i need to be somewhere else i'll be somewhere else it's all just <laughs> like a leading thing the but uh, absolutely. next time, world. you know, we'll clear out two hours because we'll, we'll yeah. more than likely definitely need it for the for the book.
2: We will. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. John Anderson, The Price of Salvation, mm-hmm. available on Amazon and um, and give us the name of. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, John Anderson is your, uh, is at your at for. Yeah. At actually John Anderson is your Instagram handle. And then uh, real quick, before you leave, give us your website and the publisher's website as yep. well and anything else that you want to give us.
1: Sure, yeah. Um so the the my website is andersonbookworks.org. Um bookworks is not a real word, so it's like B O O K W O R K S. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course .org and uh, the publisher's website is dorancebookstore.com. And how do you spell uh, that? Uh D O R R A N C E. And um, if you ever need to find my book, you literally can just go to Google and type in The Price of Salvation, John Anderson, and all of the links will pop up there. But my website also has them available, too. Oh, and uh, if you buy from Dorrance, um, it definitely helps me out. I actually get 80% of royalties from there.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Whoa. So go to Dorrance. That's more um, than Amazon. Give the website one more time.
1: Uh, uh, AndersonBookWorks.org. Okay. And then Dorrance is DorranceBookstore.com.
2: Dorrancebookstore.com, and that's where yeah. you get the highest royalties. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Dorrance yeah, is the definitely where I'm going to be buying mine. Then that's awesome. Cool.
0: There we go. I'm going to put it up. Yes. Let me throw it up there real quick. Say Dorrance. Make sure I-, I may have spelled it wrong. Dorrancebookstore.com. Looks right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Right?
2: Yeah, that's
1: okay.
0: Yeah, and you can good. literally
1: yeah. just search the price of salvation, um, and it'll pop up. There's there's not another book like it. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, so it's very <laughs> much
2: like first top result. Dude, it's a Christian Western. Who doesn't want that? I mean, dude, that's huge. There is a... The market will love that. And the
0: cover is Such a void for good Westerns, right? Current Westerns right now. Especially especially Christian Westerns. Man, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what? Since you guys mentioned it, I'll give you another Easter egg because uh, this is something that is uh, very much created by me and it is what I will be... Uh, building the rest of the stories that I ever tell on, but it is a Christian Western, but fun fact, it's its own genre. I looked it up and it's like, it's not really a thing that's done. Um, people do Westerns and they do Christian stories, but uh, so I coined the term of a is what I call them. And it's a, uh, it is a, it is a Western designed to sharpen the uh, the spiritual yeah. and sword uh, for, uh-huh. for believers in the not. And so if you ever want to tell anybody what it is, you can say, oh, it's a whetstone Western. And, uh, yeah. and it'll start, hopefully it'll spread in that way.
2: <laughs> I think uh, we have a fan real quick here, or a friend of ours, Natasha, who is interested in Why uh, Dorrance. Um, she wanted to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, like
1: for the publishing company?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a pretty easy answer. Um, I went through a few different publishers, uh, but Dorrance is the number one, the uh, the oldest in America. They're a hundred years old as of last really? year. Yeah. They're actually the oldest bookstore like in America or the publishing company in America. Um, wow. So I figured they knew what they were doing.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, and it was very much a thing of you get what you pay for. It was pretty pricey to go with them. But I mean, you look at the end result and I'm like, it was worth like every penny. Um, okay, and they're amazing to work with. I mean, the, the, the agents that you get that like walk you through the process are all fantastic. The, uh, I mean, when you guys see the page design on the inside, it's yeah. just as beautiful as the outside. I mean, they're absolutely really? amazing.
0: So this isn't just a, uh, like a, like an upstart in the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, they, um, they've been it for a long time. Yeah. I got to check them out. Yeah. Um, uh, our, our uh, friend Natasha asked, um, Dorrance, are they good to publish through? What was the experience like working with them? Um, talk a little bit about that before you, if you, if you don't mind us cutting another minute or two off your, off oh, your- that's, <laughs> fine. that's
1: totally fine. Like I said, I'm like, where I need to be, I'll be. Um, and I feel like I should be here. Uh, so no, I don't mind, I don't mind answering at all. Um, yeah, so they uh, they are very good to publish through. I mean, uh, I can pop this up here. So graphic design-wise, I mean, well, you can see this. You know, like it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, then, then there's, then there's page layout, page design. Let me see if I can. Look, this That's is a struggle. Uh, yeah, this is a, a little bit of a
2: spoiler here, but I can't. It. Oh yeah, you got oh, the. Oh nice. um, I like that drop cap. Yeah, the drop yeah, cap see? on each chapter—that is such a cool touch. For anybody listening on the podcast later on, uh, the cover to the Price of Salvation is absolutely Damn, beautiful that's and cool. Speaking to Doran's uh, to to their credit, um, it, the sketch that John showed us is like it truly was transformed into something that was like straight out of your brain the graphic designer was no. absolutely genius in what they made yeah. and uh, you guys oh, her name is uh, you knocked it out of the park it's a beautiful cover
1: yeah kimberly wilson she was the she was the the graphic designer she's kimberly amazing yeah. Nice. Uh, the only thing I would say about dorance, and this isn't a negative thing. It's just like advice for you. Cause I, I learned this the hard way. Um, be very, very clear with what you want. Like if you, if you have a specific vision in your mind or a specific like color that you want for like, even just a letter, like whatever, um, yeah. the biggest thing you could do to help yourself would be just like literally as specific as possible. Like be very, very clear. And yeah. if you, are very clear um then you're gonna be fine uh there is occasionally like um i know in the cover design process they messed up a few stuff about like the design um True. so be also very vigilant that'd be my second bit of advice um just because you know people make mistakes and you don't True. want to like just approve something and be like okay i want it out now like yes i approve it because then you might get something you're not you don't want so be very very um yeah like vigilant, go over the cover, top to bottom, uh, make sure that you read the back and it's exactly what you want it to read as, uh, you know, go through the the corrections they made on your document and make sure that that, that you're okay with those corrections, um, which is very easy, by the way. They do it in like a, a word editor app mm-hmm. thing. So oh, you cool. can actually like see their, where they made the differences off to the side. Very easy, um, but that would be my only two bits of advice. You know, just be- so they're a little
2: expensive, but they're worth it.
1: Exactly. yeah like you know, and, and the thing is is that if you make something that you if you legitimately believe in your project and you yeah. make something that you believe is worth that 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 price um, then it's worth it in the end and uh, you know they have payment plans too so I've been on a payment plan for like a year and uh, you know it's, it's pretty inexpensive like once you do it like that but um, if you have something that you genuinely believe is like like good enough that it's worth the amount, don't mess around just like do it right the first time because you i mean i mean even for me this is one of the biggest things that people are going to associate with me other than the poetry i've done on instagram um this is like the the maiden voyage or no not maiden voyage that's the last one you do (laughs) right no no that's the first first one
2: one. yeah also known as a shakedown the
0: swan song is the last one yeah swan song is the last one Yeah. yeah Yeah, maiden okay, voyage is also known as a
2: shakedown cruise, where you <laughs> you just you know figure out what works and what doesn't. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Hey, I
3: mean, you guys can let me know
1: that too. When you read it, you'll have to you have to tell me your professional critique as well. I've been I've been waiting to get one from somebody, and like we don't have one. Yeah, we're not professionals.
0: <laughs> we're pretentious
2: writers. We're not professional publishers. There you go. You're Dude, i got to tell you what I think. Look, man, that is so cool. I like, know. Uh, I'm really proud of you, John. By yeah, the dude, way, awesome. like, dude, to be 24 and to uh, and to take a chance on something like that. I mean, I mean there's a real. You talk about the crisis of uh, crisis of faith that the main character has at one point. I mean, truly, sticking your sticking your foot out there and putting money down and you know going into debt effectively, having to pay off mm-hmm. something, you know, in order to get your book out, your project out. a leap out. of faith, man. It's a huge leap of faith, yeah. dude. I'm really proud of you dude, for that's doing That's awesome. That. Yeah.
1: Thank you. And, you know, to, to add a little bit to that testimony, because it actually is pretty relevant. So at the time when I when I decided to go through with the contract, they were like, OK, look, uh, if you break this, like not good, you know, not great. It's going to be a bad deal. And I was yeah. like, OK. And uh, the, the thing that happened two years ago that was very crazy, obviously, it wiped a lot of jobs out. And um, yeah. mine was not certain, but I oh. was like. I really do believe that that God wants me to put this book out. So I'm going to go on faith. And I did it. And I kept my job uh, the entire time. I'll tell you this. I also didn't really have the money to do it in the first place. Like I was (laughs) going paycheck to paycheck, just like barely making it to be able to. Just like the
2: rest of us. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Really? Dude. uh, It was definitely
2: a risk, but the Lord provides, man, it really does. And it's not, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Mm -hmm. We are not free of, of torments. We are not free of bad circumstances, bad luck, if you want to call it that Mm -hmm. or decisions, you know, or repercussions and consequences of our bad decisions. Uh, I mean, you know, it just stuff happens. Life, life is messy, you know? And man, I, I'll tell you when I started writing the heavenly realm series in like 99, my life got very depressing very quickly. And I firmly believe that like that, like the devil, the forces of darkness, the fallen Satan, whatever, you you know, they set things. Once you start to do something for God, you are no longer lukewarm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either hot or cold, yep. you know, depending on your gifts yep. and what you're called to do. Yep. And man, like, That's dude, it. you show up on their radar all of a sudden because what they want is pass passivity Mm -hmm. you know they want you to be just like go with the flow and just not do anything but man when you decide to do something when you decide to make some i mean the book the price of salvation theoretically will exist for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i mean yep there's there's no reason to think that there isn't some going to be some moldy paperback, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting in a basement somewhere that could save somebody's soul a century or three centuries down the line, you know? It's spiritual, it's, you know... So the the spiritual spiritual... warfare kicks in,
0: dude, when you decide to do something like that, because you take on a mantle, you go on your own hero's journey. It's like metaphysical uh, cancel culture, you could almost call it that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, here's somebody who's decided to do something for the sake of the gospel, we're gonna stop it now. Yeah, that's when bad things happen. And that's when stuff comes against you.
1: Yeah, I could look back to when I started publishing *The Price of Salvation*, and the—I uh, mean, like I told you guys, I went through a really dark time. It was probably the darkest time that I have ever gone through. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was odd because I like it was pretty bad when I started writing the book, but after the book, it was like—I mean, like everything got like mm. unleashed. It was crazy, yeah. and um, but that's what kept me going. You know, the the idea. I went uh, I went and gave um. books to the local prisons that i have around here uh i remember thinking to myself i was like that's the point of these things i was like who
2: doesn't need it more than those guys yeah Yeah,
1: you know like they're in there like just hanging out waiting to finish their sentence i'm like well let me give them a good book to read and uh and that was but it was things like that that would pop into my brain that i was like that's a good good idea
3: Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely
1: ministry Mm-hmm. yeah and by the way, it's very easy to do I'm sure I mean it was here like you literally just called the, the prison and you're like you guys have a library and they're all open right now despite the circumstances yeah. um so you just talk to their educational director I think is what it is and the yeah. guy will the guy will probably be like oh yeah, well, what's it about and then you tell him like okay yeah, we'll pick up a few copies from here and so that's what they did for me. I assume it's like that everywhere I don't see why it wouldn't do, cool. but yeah, yeah it, was very, it was very awesome and I haven't heard anything from anyone there yet but they i hope they send me a note sometime
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah that's awesome they will well, it's gonna it'll 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 make its mark on someone's soul for sure you know one yeah. of the um one of the most encouraging things i ever heard it was actually our older brother who told me this because i was going through something really tough and i think it was a job transition and uh he said uh there's a there's a version of i can't remember the reference but uh it's become one of my favorite verses to you know fall fall back on he said, I've never, there's, I think it's in Proverbs or Psalms where the author says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging bread. Yeah. So you do what is in your heart to do, what God has told you to do. Yeah. He will not leave you high and dry. It might be going from one thing to the next and not knowing tomorrow yeah. where your provision is going to come from. But it will. But oh, it will. But it when will When it needs
2: to. You know, yep. yeah, And yeah. There are times where we all struggle. But uh, but yeah, I mean, God, God has a way. You know, I wrestle a lot with uh, with that verse. I believe help thou by unbelief. You mm. know, Yeah,
0: it's a great one, yeah. I mean, that mm-hmm. if you
2: want to like tattoo something on my soul, as far as something <laughs> I wrestle with, it's yeah. that, you know, for sure. But uh, but I've noticed like I had to buy a new vehicle recently. So like I've been in debt for the first time in my life and it's been amazing how without asking. You know, without trying to go out and find a different job or a second job, just the Lord provides, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and sometimes the Lord does not provide in a way to make you comfortable or to make you uncomfortable or to make you grow, you know, right. and it's, you know, but man, I mean, the enemy's out there, too, you know, and you probably pissed a lot of them off so good for <laughs> you yeah, good i heard
1: from them they made sure that they knew, who knew you know what's interesting about that is that um i learned uh, during my process of, of writing curtains uh that uh I, it's interesting that you can have perspectives so you can have two perspectives you can have one which is uh, the devil's out for me and the devil's come to get me mm-hmm. and uh, which is accurate that is a true perspective but then you have a different perspective that is uh you know despite that um, God allowed this to happen. Like if you look to yeah. Job, uh, God actually was like, Hey, you know, what's going on, Lucifer? And Lucifer was like, Oh, you know, I've just been around, you know, causing trouble, <laughs> doing a thing. And he's like, have you heard of Job?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Said, Consider my servant Job. Yeah. You know? Like
1: yeah. God was like, Hey, uh, you know, I got this guy, his name is Job. You should go uh, mess with him. And yeah. like, and just when I thought about that, I was like, that's, wild because like you look at the story of job it's one of the most powerful ones to me personally in yeah the bible, because it's just the oldest of, book in
2: the bible mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know like it's this it's this like amazing story of faith um that when you really dive into it you're like wow like what a faithful guy and god knew that and was like yeah okay go ahead so when you know that then you know that all the things that happen to us they happen because god's like yeah i know he can take it go ahead yeah yeah,
2: yeah. yeah he knows big your shoulders are That's one of the things that just drives me crazy about modern day Christianity. I mean, aside from the feminization of masculinity and men that take place, you know, for the past probably 60 years at Mm -hmm. least, you know, longer than I've been alive. I'm 38, but dude, it's been around a lot longer than that. But there is this uh, there is this prosperity gospel you know, aspect to things of like, well, if you love God and you do what God wants, then God will make your life great and God will bless you. And it's like, yeah, but I think Job being the oldest book in the Bible is like, I think that's there for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like, maybe it's not about, you know, being able to get a G5, Mm -hmm. you know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's not about, you know, being able to make a bunch of money off of a, you know, off of the great reset, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or whatever, like, dude, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this is, we are in the world, but not of the world. And, you know, this is a house, but it's not our home. Yeah. And there's, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, there's just, there's something more to it than that. And there, there are, uh, and there are forces at play that will warp the message to convince you that ultimately your own self gratification and your own happiness are the most important things Mm. and that those are bellwethers of God's favor. And it's like, yeah, not always, Mm. man. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, look at what happened to everybody in the Bible. Who's a good guy. Yeah. Most of them didn't wind up too great. Yep. You know? And so maybe this, you know, maybe this life we live is not the most important life out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And maybe there's a reason why what we do here matters. You know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh,
1: in the in in context to job, I mean, a lot of people, there's there's a prosperity preaching or what did you call it? It's prosperity gospel, I would have mm-hmm. it. Prosperity gospel uh, yeah. is that what it's called? Prosperity gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um.
2: The watered down version is the Joel Olstein sort of thing. Not yes, dropping and yeah. get myself in trouble, but I'm used to that by now. Poor Nick's <laughs> getting <gorgeous> a little. <laughs> no, you're you know. good, man. <laughs> well,
1: you know, uh, it's an interesting thing because it's like um, it, there's always like two it's hard for people to to figure out that straight and narrow path because yeah. there's definitely two polar opposites you can have to it. There's the people who are like, if you're a Christian, you should be um, poor and miserable. And, uh, miserable. <laughs> right. And you're like, I mean, yes, that happens at certain points, but that's mm-hmm. like, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't prosper um, mostly spiritually, but then you have the other side of it who take it the other way. And they're or like,
2: you, kind of, you yeah. They're
1: like, like, oh, if you love God, then you should have a Mercedes Benz.
2: You're- <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. if you don't have a Mercedes Benz or if you're not giving me $7,000 so I can have a Mercedes Benz, <laughs> yeah. you don't love God. You, you don't know? have the faith. Yeah, right. It and takes. it's like, man, you know, what about like, you know, I mean, I could do a whole thing on like sell your cloak and buy a sword, but what about just that whole thing of like being content with what God gives you, you yeah. know?
1: And that's and so the beauty of that is is that in Job, like another reason why I love his character so much, or I shouldn't say it like that because it makes it sound like it's a tale of fiction, but you know, Job, his character, like the person he was, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, he he started out as a pretty wealthy guy. Like if you read the Bible, yeah. he was actually like a very well-off guy. He had plenty of cattle. He had a beautiful house. He had a lovely family. Yeah. You know, and he was a wealthy yeah. guy, but God took away. Everything, nice. uh, even his skin, like his flesh was yeah. falling from his bones, and he, and like so, he had nothing like he had sackcloth on while his body was falling apart, and God took all that away. But despite all that, what did Job do? Job didn't go like well, I was once rich and now I guess, uh, you know, even his wife comes up to him and is like, you should curse God and just die Like yeah. at this point, you know? And he's like, no, yeah. that's not, that's not my, that's not who, that's not what serving God's about. And, um, and he goes through all of that suffering for all of that time. And in the end, not only is Job like back to where he was, but he has double of what he had before
3: yeah. of
0: everything. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't
1: because he went out and was like, I'm going to go figure out how to play the stock market and do all this stuff. It's because (laughs) he didn't buy crypto (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. to to invest in Dogecoin at the right time, you know, like all this (laughs) wonderful things that we do today. But it was Uh like God gave him that he was like, that is my good and faithful servant. And because of this, you are rewarded with this. And again, Old Testament types, New Testament. What would that be today? Maybe it is a wonderfully huge house, and if that is the case, I'm happy, but most of those people, if they really truly can handle it, that's what they'll get, but a lot of times what it is, it's like like a, a spiritual surplus. Yeah. To attain. And um and and honestly when you think of it New Testament wise, like it's like I've always been under the belief that God will give you exactly what you can handle.
3: Yes. So if you Amen. can
1: handle forty thousand a year and that's all you can handle, that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. But if you grow in your faith and you go through your trials and you are still faithful to the Lord, maybe yes. that forty will grow to eighty. And maybe that Absolutely. eighty will grow to two hundred thousand. You never know. Like it's yeah. it's different for everybody, but it shouldn't be like that's your goal. You never right. know like oh well because I then
2: have- it's just a selfish goal yeah you know then right. it's just a material goal and it's a it's you cannot serve god and mammon mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? the most and frustrating
1: then- thing about it is is like uh you know in the case of P- uh, preachers who will not be named <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah you have a you know it's like oh if you really love the lord you have uh, you know millions in your bank account uh-huh. and you're like wow that sounds awesome and then what you forget is is that 10 percent of a million is like a hundred thousand uh-huh. and if you have a, if you have a, a church right. of like a hundred thousand people, uh-huh. giving you a hundred thousand every like year. Yeah. Well, obviously you're going to want people to make more money. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, the that's the grift.
2: Uh-huh. That's the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. been around for ages. And, you know, I mean, there's a reason why Jesus drove those people out of the temple, mm-hmm. you know, with a whip, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, I mean, that's such a great point that, you know, truly, I think about that sometimes, like I've been writing since I was 17, you know, I've been writing for two thirds of my life now, basically, uh, the same novel series published it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, and you get a little, you know, in your darker, more self-pitying moments, you're like, dude, why isn't this like taking off? And then you think, you know what, maybe I couldn't handle an HBO deal. Like Mm. maybe I couldn't handle a, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe if God gave you that kind of thing then just like you say john you know you you're not equipped to be able to handle it yet and maybe that's a spiritual growth issue or maybe just like be happy with what you have yeah you know i mean there's a especially with writing there's a big thing about like passion versus paycheck you know and and that's what defines the artist from the hack you know And, and you can write i mean i've been tempted you can write just just because you know it will sell and you can do it and it's it's as easy as wiping your butt and it's about the same quality of (laughs) material on the page, you know, but like at the end of the, at the end of the day, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it just because you, you know, you want a houseboat at some point, you know, I mean, houseboats are cool, but what are you putting out into the world? And is it going to be corrosive, Mm. you know, or are you putting something out there that's going to be nutritious to people's, you know, spirits, Mm. you know? And, and I mean, it's, it's a big and it's a temptation it's a temptation for a lot of writers, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's well said. Yeah,
1: that's, I mean, here's what's interesting is that, um, you know, I, I consider myself an artist of, above uh, above everything else, I suppose, right? Yeah. I summarize it into the grouping of an artist. I've come to figure out that um, God is the greatest artist that has ever existed in yeah, the history of history and uh, you yeah, can look at sure. it in nature or you can look at it in the creation of the bible i mean the bible is a written work and it's a poetic yeah. written work at that um not only in the literal like formative sense like you can actually read it read the bible like in poetic um what do they call it poetic uh what's that term it's like poetic and like, m- like meter yeah. Poetic meter. You can actually read the Bible in poetic meter, mm, okay. but not only really that, it rhymes like the whole thing, like new Testament and old Testament are like a, yeah. like a rhyming parallel. So I'm getting a bit mm. sidetracked, but um, you know, that's interesting art. It's a genuine work forward. and yes. uh, And anything that you produce, I mean, I'm like a super mega artist nerd, I guess. And so for me, (laughs) I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I want it to be like something that's going to matter. And it might not make a lot of money, but I really don't care.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like it's okay okay because you don't, because you don't do it for that. You know, right. you do it because you feel compelled to do it. Mm-hmm. You do it like Nick's uh, Traveler's League series is so cool because it came it came out of a place where he literally, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nick literally was telling bedtime stories to his kids. Yep. Just making stuff up and just making Instead stuff of reading, up.
0: They didn't want they didn't want me to read to him. They just said, don't read to us. We've read the same old books. Can we just make up a story together? Yeah. My son said that. So that's what we did. I said, yeah, sure. There was that is awesome boy named such and such. And he found this old timepiece and. And you know, we just started making up one fantasy yeah. world after another every night. It was a new world, and uh, and he got so into it that my wife said, "Maybe you should, you should turn this into a book. You should write a kids' book." Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not a Again, writer. If you know? you
2: know, maybe some, maybe most men need to be married.
0: <laughs> Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I got to give all the credit to, you know? to my wife. You know, she's, you should turn it into a kid. So I'm like, all right, well, sure. Dude, we will live right.
2: in a one room box, like where the furniture is made out of pizza boxes and old Xbox games. If we are, if we are left to our own devices, <laughs> I as know. like there is a big aspect. To... My family... I say that as a single man, but uh, like, you no, no.
0: Brianna and the kids, they've been out of town this weekend. And it, I, I've, <sighs> you know, when they're not here, like i eat horribly (laughs) foot long double meat bmt Uh from subway just go deep just shoving cookies in my mouth you know (laughs) that's what the writer
2: Loose, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's the uh that's the benefit of a godly woman you know because i think most men probably need that probably i do for sure
0: anyway off track sorry
2: (laughs) sorry but no you're absolutely great derail great derail (laughs) <laughs> yeah sorry sorry about that i'm good at that yeah i'll just lay that dynamite right on the train and then forget why i was there <laughs>
3: Speaking really? of outlaws. Yeah. yeah right yeah. there you go yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome well well john we will let you get back to your evening and yeah, uh, we've taken you, you like twice as far know, as what dude. you committed to i'm so, so sorry about that yeah well that's, that's fine so it was a
1: good. great time I'm, I'm absolutely okay with that and i can tell we've got a lot more to talk about next time.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we'll great, be in touch on uh, on uh, scheduling because I think uh, we should have some open dates here uh, in the next uh, in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, depending, yeah. we'll we'll communicate that and figure out your schedule and whatever works best for you. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be happy yeah. to, man. I'd love to have you back, dude. I'm so gonna order massive. the price of
0: salvation. We're gonna read yeah, it. Me too. We're gonna keep our eyes open. I'm gonna obviously continue to follow you on Instagram, as everyone should. Yeah, follow John on Instagram, and then uh, as you get close to your release date, uh, we'll reconnect and uh, set up another interview.
2: Yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. That sounds like a great idea. Awesome. All right. Thank
0: you, John. Appreciate it. John, God bless you, buddy.
1: God (laughs) bless you, guys. Thank you so
0: much again. We'll see you. Absolutely. Have a good night. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. A special thanks to John Anderson for taking the time to have this wonderful conversation. We hope it meant a lot to you guys as well. Uh, If you like this show, uh, give us a good review. Give us five stars. Tell your friends about it. That really is the best way to help. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show, maybe leave us a good review, and also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, we do this once a month now. Um, all this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness.